Hi there. You have landed on the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. So glad you're here with me today. For more information about this podcast, uh, me as well, <laughs> not just the podcast, but me, I'm your hostess. Hostess, yes, that's right. I'm your hostess, speaker, humorist, writer, and a podcaster. So if you would like more information, you can go to womaninspired.com. And you can get all the nitty gritty details there as well as social media links and how to contact me to speak at your next event. It would be a blessing. So reach on out at womaninspired.com. All right. Today's episode is titled, If It Quacks Like a Duck. (laughs) Let me start you out with some pod quotes. The company of a pack of wolves is better than the company of a pack of wolves in sheep clothing. I love that. I have no idea who said it. It's unknown. But the company of a pack of wolves is better than the company of a pack of wolves in sheep's clothing. Brilliant. All right. Here's another one. I have no idea who to attribute it to. It says, just because it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck doesn't mean it's the bird you think it is. Interesting. I love that. It goes so well with today's podcast and what God put in my heart to share with you. So the other day I was thinking back about the holidays and there was a play at one of the local churches. So the kids were doing the traditional Christmas pageant with a story from the chapters in the book of Luke where Jesus was born and the wise men followed the star to the manger and all of that. So of course, Mary and Joseph came in on a donkey. The donkey wasn't real during the pageant. It was something that looked like a donkey but it was on wheels no one was fooled by it it wasn't that good but it was adorable I mean we could definitely see that it was fake it was a wooden donkey it was painted like a donkey had wheels on it though so I have I have personally never seen a donkey that had wheels unless it was riding in a cart Um, but it, it probably got good mileage though but it was cute so it was very appropriate for kids that age and so they they all took it so seriously So there was this little boy who was playing one of the wise men. And as they got to the part of the pageant where the three wise men were coming to the stable to see the baby Jesus and bring them um, the gifts, you know, frankincense and myrrh. And so you could see that it was actually two girls and one boy who were playing the three wise men. And the little boy, he just stopped as they got towards the stage and he wouldn't step up on the stage to approach Jesus and lay his gift by the manger. So these uh, three wise men had to walk up the middle aisle from the back of the room, uh, these three kids, all the way to the stage. But again, just as they got to the stage, that's where the microphones were. So they were set up in various places, down low and up high, I'm sure, so that the kids didn't have to wear individual mics because that would be a fiasco, especially with little kids. But you could hear the three little wise men having a discussion as they got towards the stage. And truthfully, the, the little boy was kind of having a semi argument with the two girls, AKA, AKA the other two wise men. And he said, No. I get to go up there first. I look the most like Jesus. (laughs) And one of the girls said, but we're all wise men. We're supposed to go up there to give Jesus his gifts all at the same time. And the boy said, but I should have been Jesus. I look like Jesus when he gets older. So I should go first. (laughs) And people started giggling. And finally, the, the three of them 
decided that they would go on. So they entered the scene by going up the steps at the same time to take their gifts to the baby Jesus. None of them had any lines to say. They just entered and brought the gifts. But I remember then thinking, isn't that how we humans are? We sometimes kind of get in our heads that we're more important than other people are and that we are more like Jesus than other people are, or that we're better, smarter, better looking, more deserving than other people. We're the ones that deserve something or to do something because we think we're better than everyone else. And it's so prevalent in today's society, but humbleness seems to have gone to the wayside. That was one of the things that I was thinking. And and I think we all do it at some point. And some people, though, they make a, a career of it. They make a lifetime of that kind of attitude. But this little boy, I'm sure, was probably just trying to wrap his brain around the fact that, hey, wait a minute. He had been taught that three wise men were three men and two girls were playing two of the wise men. So he was the more accurate in the role or I don't know, or maybe he was thinking that he knew about Jesus because he'd been taught about Jesus, but primarily about Jesus as an adult, because he'd probably seen paintings of Jesus and they talk in church about Jesus being older and dying on the cross and going to heaven and returning. But now here they are portraying Jesus as a baby in a manger, which we do one time a year. So I know he was probably trying to figure all those things out in his little six-year-old mind and, and thinking, wait a minute, I'm a boy and I'm dressed in this outfit. And, and this outfit looks like pictures I've, I've seen in the church where Jesus is wearing these kinds of clothes, slippers and a tunic and, and the clothing with a, a, a rope or a belt around it. So I'm sure again, in his little six-year-old place of reasoning, right in front of us. He was trying to figure out what's what. But I still thought, wow, that is still is indicative of how we act today. So many of us in today's culture act like if we look a certain way and act a certain way, then we must be that certain thing and better and greater and smarter than others. I mean, hey, in the world today, it's all about what you look like, what you portray, whether it's real or not. It's about how you present yourself. If we put on the sandals like Jesus and the robe and the tunic like Jesus and we act like Jesus and we speak like Jesus did, well, then maybe we actually are Jesus or as close to Jesus as you can get in today's society. Hmm. That seems to be the attitude of a lot of people. It makes me think about the the donkey in the play too. Here was this wooden donkey. Looked like a donkey smiled like a donkey because they'd painted a smile on it and it was the size of a donkey even though it had wheels but perhaps we should have offered it something to eat what do donkeys eat because it looked like a donkey so it must have been a real donkey right isn't that the way the world seems to have gone if we dress like a panda bear make sounds like a panda bear and tell people we are a panda bear they'll call us a furry and allow us to go to school as a high school student and let us change our name to mr and mrs panda yet this is seriously the culture we're living in and all that got me to thinking this same kind of thinking and this this mindset this tract of thinking, which yes, this is me. It's kind of goofy, but God usually leads me one thing to another, to another. You can go back six degrees of what do they call it? Six degrees of separation and figure out where my train of thought started. But this is where it led. 
thinking about the saying, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then it must be a duck. So according to Wikipedia, the all-knowing, all-seeing, not always right source, (laughs) resource online, the saying has to do with abductive reasoning. And I actually did research this further than Wikipedia. The duck test is a form of abductive reasoning and it's usually expressed as if it looks like a duck, swims like a duck, and quacks like a duck, then it probably is a duck. That was the original saying. And in this test, it's actually was formulated into a test. It implies that a person can identify an unknown object by observing that subject's habitual characteristics. What does it look like? What does it act like? Whatever it looks and acts like, that must be what it is. Now, just a note here. And further research I found on from uh, the Oxford Reference Library that this phrase about ducks was actually introduced in a test devised by the U.S. labor leader, Walter Ruther. He used it as part of the methodology and stance they developed in the McCarthy era, where what history calls McCarthyism went rampant. Unsure what I'm talking about? Well, McCarthyism as defined by the Encyclopedia Britannica, is a name given to the period of time in American history that saw U.S. Senator Joseph McCarthy of Wisconsin produce a series of investigations and hearings during the 1950s in an effort to expose supposed communist infiltration of various areas of the U.S. government. So the term uh, McCarthyism has become a name used in defamation of character or reputation Uh, widely publicized, indiscriminate allegations being made, um, especially on the basis of unsubstantiated charges and hearsay and and putting people through trials and uh, just basically mentally torturing them. So in a personal note here from learning about this in school and, and seeing documentaries, they didn't just go after government employees or politicians and officials. They went after anyone in the public eye accusing many public figures um, for everything from artists to singers to actors and radio show hosts of being communists and harboring communists in their lives. It turned out to be a huge fiasco. It tore lives apart. It ruined careers. And as part of their doctrine, their basis or methodology for McCarthyism, their assumption was that if it looks like a duck, swims like a duck and quacks like a duck, then it must be a duck. If it walked, talked, and looked like anything resembling resembling a communist, then they were going after that person or that person's friends and that person's family to find out and get f- firm evidence that that was a communist because they believed the duck theory. It was a phenomenal failure and it tore lives apart. It was a very hurtful time in U.S. history. But the duck duck phrase has lasted ever since. And it's interesting to me because, you know, we always hear people talk about it. We always hear people quote it. I had no idea what the history of it was, how that saying came about. And it's interestingly sad, though, that this phraseology is out there because when you think about it, it's totally contrary to everything we should know as human beings especially Christians. And why do I say this? Because we have a scripture in Matthew 7, 15 that tells us this, 
Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Okay, so now the Bible talks often of sheep and compares God's children to sheep. So it seems only natural, especially coming out of a part of the world where sheep were prevalent, for Matthew to compare predators to wolves and say that they would masquerade as sheep. But this should have been a stark warning in the 50s, shouldn't it? If a wolf can disguise as a sheep, then a, then a, then a raven or a crow can disguise itself as a duck right? And just because it looks like a duck doesn't mean that it is. So just because someone looks like what you think a communist looks like, or uh, you can label that anything, a selfish person, uh, they look like a liar, they look like a thief, they look like a robber, they look like an adulterer, they look like a druggie, doesn't mean that they are. Right? So it's very interesting because we've become so much about the flesh and the outer and assuming we assume that something is something when it might not be. It goes to the good and the bad. A lot of times in today's society, we look at someone and we assume the worst thing about them. And oftentimes that worst thing is not valid at all, but it goes the other way too. Just like it warns in Matthew seven, that someone can come presenting themselves as good and great and wonderful and peaceful and in the name of God and not be any of those things. They could be a wolf in sheep clothing. They could be a crow in a duck's outfit. We're told to watch out for wolves in sheep clothing. And if it looks like a sheep, goes along with the herd like a sheep, runs when the border collie comes to get it and it goes by, then it must be a sheep, right? No. That's not what the Bible says. I've said for many years, if it quacks like a duck, swims like a duck, it could be a raven dressed like a duck. Look around you today. Do you see how many people are acting like something they're not? Do you see it? I see it. But the warning for us as Christians is so much deeper than judging a duck by its quack. Assuming, as McCarthy did, that if it quacks like a duck and has feathers, it surely must be a duck. When that's not true. How people look and sound, which are the most obvious ways we seem to size people up, isn't always accurate. Even more so today than ever, the outward things that can be used to deceive us are prevalent. But we have to remember, it's not all about what we see in the flesh, the outward things, because they can be used to disguise the true nature and intent of a person Things that people put on today to fake who they are stem from the flesh, not just clothing and costumes or filters and fillers and photoshopping or artificial intelligence, but also the things that come from the flesh between the ears, you know, that flesh that lies between your ears that runs everything, this little computer we have. That's where the lies, the deception, the intent to manipulate and scam and scheme and lead people astray, that comes from that flesh, not just the heart or an evil spirit of someone, but the flesh between their ears. It seems more and more that the things in the flesh matter more to large parts of society than ever before. But guess what? When it comes to eternity, they don't matter. 
for those things will pass. What the Bible is talking about is something way deeper than just the flesh. It's talking about being tricked and fooled on a spiritual level by a wolf in sheep clothing or a raven who has brilliantly learned to disguise itself as a duck. It's important to remember that this scripture in Matthew is timeless. And yet we can look around today and see how, yes, it might have been even, it might have been easy to be fooled 2,000 years ago, but it's even so much more prevalent now and easier to do, to fool someone and to be fooled. For a wolf to masquerade as a sheep is no big deal in these days. I mean, we live in an age where you can fake anything. You can call yourself whatever you want and pretend to be something or someone else. And most of the time, no one will ever know the truth unless you let them or you're accidentally caught. Social media and technology has enabled people left and right to create these kinds of illusions. Think about catfishing. It's so sadly prevalent that they have a long-running TV show that shows people who have gotten catfished. In, ca in case you don't know, catfishing is not when you put some bait on a hook and you go out and catch some dinner. Catfishing is when someone uses a fake identity to trick you into believing you're in a real relationship with a real person or a romantic relationship with someone. Typically, once you trust that fake person or the identity that they've brought forward that really isn't them, then they ask you for money or they try to bribe you or embarrass you or humiliate you by sharing confidential information about you online. And a catfish is, is another name for a wolf in sheep's clothing. Because even though the scripture in Matthew warns us to beware of false prophets, coming in the name of Jesus, the warning is also valid. It's real. It's, it's prophetic in itself. It's a warning for every area of our life because we are so easily susceptible to be tricked and fooled into believing something or someone that is not true or real. It's a precursor warning to the Antichrist's arrival as well. First John 4, 1 through 3 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. And yet, so many of us walk around believing not just the catfish are online or the scam artist who calls on our phone to tell us that we owe them money, but the false prophets in different denominations who charge a fee so they can bring you a prophetic word about your life. I see many people online following preachers and evangelists who pine for your attention and beg for your money, promising that if you give them your first fruits, God will multiply the money in your bank account. And then many complain when it doesn't happen. We have been warned time and time again in the Bible to be sharp, to have wisdom and use our discernment. This is meant for the end times and the return of Christ, but also for the day in and day out as we're assaulted with trials and temptations and with coercion and deception coming our way at breakneck speed. Do you ever feel like you lack wisdom? Maybe you've been duped. Maybe you joined a church that turned out to be way off the mark and operating outside the truth that's in the gospel. So you're burned and you don't trust your discernment to join another church and you feel as if you have no wisdom. Or perhaps you got catfished. 
I know someone who was catfished. You were desperate for a prophetic word, maybe. And so you ended up drawn in by someone who was not filled with the Holy Spirit. Or you follow an online church that has turned out to have a wolf at the helm. All of these things happen, unfortunately, in some form or fashion in lives today to every single person at some point. They just do. But don't give up. Not on God, not on discernment or garnering wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Wolves in sheep clothing and vultures dressed like ducks have created an illusion in many areas of life today. Religious institutions, some calling themselves religions, but blatantly are cults, and even in Christian church bodies, that, that the only way to repent, they say, is to come forward and bear your sins to the pastor, the priest or priestess, or an elder, because they say that one of these is the only conduit to our Heavenly Father and the only way to redemption and forgiveness. But that's not the truth. That is deception. That is wolf in sheep clothing. That is is seeking duck a l'orange and getting nasty black, blackened, cooked, overcooked, nasty crow instead. Because Jesus is the only path to our Heavenly Father. Jesus is, is quoted in uh, John 4, 14, John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Except through him, not through any man or priest or priestess or elder, no matter what your church labels the man or woman. No one goes to the Father except through Jesus. My point is, you're not alone if you've been deceived in some manner or another, if you believed the romantic interest in your life was the one and he turned out to be a snake, do not give up on love. If love is what God has put on your heart to seek, then continue to seek it. If you have been burned in the church by money seekers who preach hatred from the pulpit and work to manipulate you, do not give up seeking a church that is a gospel truth, church that, uh, that has value, that's filled with the Holy Spirit and led by Jesus. Satan wants nothing more than for us to see a wolf in sheep's clothing and then for us to experience the fear of it all, the disappointment of it all, and set us up so he can delight in the doubt that it creates within us and hopefully defeat us and stop us in our tracks from seeking whatever it is that God wants for us. But the teachings and the warnings to us in the Bible are not just for the past and the present, but also for the future. It's important because there are so many people masquerading as people who are good, but when truth comes to, to light, they're evil. We live in an age when the truth of the scripture of Isaiah 520 has never been more truer and prevalent than now. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So do not give up because those people will have their day in the holy courts in a greater hall of justice than any of us can probably fathom. Judgment will lay upon them. What we have to focus on right now is making sure that we don't end up calling good evil and evil good ourselves because we have easily allowed ourselves to be taken in by evil and tricked into believing that the cute fuzzy sheep with beady eyes and a growling tummy is actually a real sheep when it is a wolf. 
We must pay attention. We need to stay read up, prayed up, armored up, and discerning. Not paranoid, not fearful, but leaning on faith. Knowing that if we stay hand in hand with the Lord and allow his Holy Spirit to guide us, that we will see when there are preachers and teachers and pastors and evangelists and missionaries who act like ducks, quack like ducks and have feathers, but aren't actually ducks. And we must rely on that sharp discernment and wisdom from God so we can discern when a friend or a follower or a romantic relationship or even a job or a coworker or family member doesn't have our best interest in mind and is coming to us with evil intentions. So I encourage you to ingrain into your mind, into your memory, lay it on your heart. James 1.5 if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. I guarantee you that God is faithful, and he will continue to be faithful to you. You just have to seek him for it. But don't let Satan win. Don't give up. Ask for discernment and wisdom to be able to call out and see when there is a wolf in sheep clothing and when there is a crow disguised as a duck. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. I pray you have a blessed week. Mm-hmm.